The fact is, is when your marketing works, you don't want it to be cheap. You want it to be, you want to be outspending all of your competitors. You just want to be able to have the return that justifies and makes you able to continue it. That's how you get to market leader position. You want to grow your business and marketing impact, but you don't want to blow your budget. How can you scale your B2B marketing the smart way? In this episode, Lean Labs founder Kevin Barber shares his insights and experience for how you can scale your B2B marketing efforts without breaking the bank. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news. You're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I'm your host, Mallory Kuhn, and I'm joined today by Kevin Barber, founder and head of growth here at Lean Labs. Hi there, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Mallory. Doing great. Excited for this episode. Yes, I'm excited for this one as well. So today we're going to be talking about uh, scaling B2B marketing efforts. So how you can scale your marketing without breaking the bank, um, which is uh, often a point of concern uh, for for people. So let's kick things off with some basic information. So what is your experience in scaling B2B marketing? And, uh, you know, maybe I, I feel like this may be a good opportunity to tell the story behind uh, behind Lean Labs. Uh, you know, how, how did uh, how did everything originate here? Right, right, right. So the first thing I want to do is since we're talking about not breaking the bank, um, Sometimes assume, people assume when they're talking to lean labs, we're talking about the how to do inexpensive marketing. And if you were going to ask the story, then the story has nothing to do with inexpensive marketing um, <laughs> at all. Like the, the word lean is not meant to be cheap. The word lean is meant to be agile, right? And like utilizing um, market feedback in order to get better quickly. So it, it came from the Lean Startup and Running Lean, a book by Ash Moria. I was like, this is the way, right? And uh and and so the the name Lean Labs comes from the fact that, you know, we're gonna um we're gonna use data to to figure out the aspects of marketing that works for specific brands, uh again, without breaking the bank. So it fits in, but it's not that doesn't mean it's supposed to be cheap. The fact is is when your marketing works, you don't want it to be cheap. You want it to be, you want to be outspending all of your competitors. You just want to be able to have the return that justifies and makes you able to continue it. That's how you get to market leader position is you're able to outspend your competitors. You're able to get to places they can't because your marketing machine works better than theirs does, you know? So that's the, that, that's the lean part. Okay. Now, what am I seeing out there in the marketplace? Uh, virtu- I, I did I did some data on this once. It's out of date now, but um, I tracked 813 meetings um, and over 500 analytics audits, just, just so you know, about 300 at a time. We didn't need to look at the data to know the answer, but they're like, can you help us scale our growth? And my resulting question was, well, scale what? What do you have that's proven profitable, that has traction, where you have momentum, you, you're you getting leads, those leads are qualified, and they're, um, and you just need to get more of them so you can scale, because that's what scaling is. 
is it's doubling down, tripling down, 5xing, 10xing down on things that work and trying to maintain the profit margins as you go. The kind of marketing that breaks the bank is when you don't even know, right? Uh, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, right? Um, and you, you don't know where you're winning. You don't know where you're losing. You can't make decisions. As a result of that, where should you go faster? Where should you go slower? Where should you run into the room and say, stop? Um, you know, and uh, and so like most of the time, the the challenge that we have is we don't even know our customer acquisition cost. We don't know what customers came from marketing versus word of mouth referrals, right? We don't know what customers came from events, but we're about to spend a very five-figure, sometimes six-figure number on events, and we don't even know what's working. You want to break the bank? Do more of that. <laughs> you know, so so that'd be the deal. And then, you know, it is true that this, I just want to admit my bias. I mean, I went to school for engineering. So I want the math on my side, guys. I, I recognize that I want math on my team because you can't fight math very long. You can fight it for a little bit and then people start calling. They're like, you're at your limit on your card. Your bank account is really going down quickly. Uh, like, Math is a formidable competitor, so you might as well get it on your team. Uh, so I do really enjoy metrics-driven growth. So, so now what we got to do is, you know, first thing we got to do is we got to understand where we're at, and and then we got to figure out where the biggest weakness is, and and, and we're going to want to attack it. We're going to want to build the right foundation so that we have sustainable marketing. The first thing you got to be able to do is go, we're confident that we continue the marketing that we're currently doing, our current spend, we can continue it because we know that it's profitable. If you can say that, you're at a solid foundation to start thinking about not just what do we got to do next week, you know, today, this week, next week. You can start thinking about where you want to be next quarter or next year because you have profitable marketing to build upon. And if you can't say that, well, then you shouldn't be looking to scale at all. You should be looking to go, well, what is the foundation that I need to get to that position? You know? Right. So it sounds like one of the biggest budget traps or challenges that, that uh, a company can fall into is not knowing what to scale and pouring more resources into, uh, you know, an avenue uh, or a marketing effort that might not be returning. Um, what are some of the other, you know, biggest pitfalls that companies tend to fall into when they're trying to scale their marketing efforts? Yeah. So it's really related to what you just said. It's, I'm a big fan of modeling. Right. So modeling what works. Great concept. Why would you go and reinvent the wheel when you can literally model what works? So a lot of times what happens is we look around at other companies and we see what kind of marketing they're doing. So then we immediately want to model that and do that as well. But we don't take a moment to dig down and go, huh. What do they do when they're at my stage in order to get their early momentum? Because oftentimes we're skipping some key steps and we don't have some core assets in place that are working, yet we're trying to model or copy what they're doing today when they're frankly, and I, they, they have a, this is karate, they have a different color belt, right? And when, when you have a lesser color belt, you're going to probably need to work on some different fundamentals in order to move to that next level. That, that's probably the, the thing that's happening the most um, in terms of, where you're not seeing a result. You're, you're doing a fine step. You might even be doing it in a fine way, but you're doing it in the wrong order. 
So uh, you're working on scaling out your traffic when you literally don't even have a nurturing system or the nurturing system you have upon the most lightest uh, inspection is ineffective, right? And possibly even counterproductive. <laughs> so uh, so anyways, like like that's that's sometimes where we need to do is we need to understand what phase of growth are we in and and what what does mastering this phase look like? Uh, that that's the game. So I know we're uh, we're kind of on the the external side of things, right? People uh, companies will hire us to to supplement their teams and, and help them with their marketing efforts. So when a, a business is looking to expand to scale their marketing efforts, how would you advise them to strike that right balance between investing in internal resources, hiring team, bringing on tools, things like that? versus external agencies, freelancers, things like that. And what factors might kind of drive that decision for a business owner? Right. So whether you're hiring in-house or you're going to use an external resource comes down to one thing. And I want to admit my bias up front. So we are technically a marketing agency, although we consider ourselves an outsourced growth team. We consider that to be different because we're not just driving traffic and leads and making marketing assets. We're working with you to drive marketing growth outcomes, right? So we're going to we're going to go where we believe the opportunity is as if we worked inside your team, right? Um but I want to tell you my bias. My bias is that you build an in-house team. That's my bias. My bias is you will you will grow and scale an in-house team. But now we got to talk about how do you do it? Right? Okay? Because if you want to go hire a CMO and a content creator and a you know the team that's needed to you know at least one person YouTube channel team but might require more right and you're thinking about launching a podcast and you want to build your website and you want to level up your presentation deck and you want to uh, start doing uh, following up with all of your leads you're gonna to need to hire a content creator right at, at minimum if not one for more social content and one for more SEO focused content, right? You're going to need to hire a, a video person. That video person might need someone to edit their videos unless they're doing their own. And you might need a designer for that website or possibly a developer. Uh, you're going to need a really strong copywriter, which might be your content creator, but you're already flipping into, you know, that content creator's already got stretched pretty thin and we're just still making this up, right? And, and, and like, once we have those roles, Let's just assume that we're hiring pretty qualified people and they're all after, you know, benefits and insurance and all the stuff. They're all making a 10K a month. Well, if you have if you have eight people, that's 80K a month and that's awful close to a million dollars a year. Just add a few tools. And can a company do that out of the gate? And if we're talking about responsibly, most of the time it's heck to the no. Heck to the no. Like that would be a crazy gamble. And then here's the deal. Who's going to hire them? Who's going to train them? Who's going to manage them? Who's going to motivate them? Who's going to pay attention to the metrics, right? Make the hard decisions of what to do more or less, what, what to do less with. Okay, maybe maybe this person's a really great person, but maybe it's not what we need right now, right? I think that trying to scale with an in-house team out of the gate is incredibly difficult. Let me show you another way. Hire just what you need externally to come in as a you know hired gun right to, to get you the specific component um 
and get you traction with it. That's their job is to get you traction with it. They get you traction enough to where as you do it over time, you can get to a level where for a few key positions, you will then hire in-house. And then that 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 agency or consultant, basically black star, black belt, rock star, whoever that is, right, is going to actually work with that person to get them up to speed, right, and, and self-sufficient in their role. And then you know what? You're not going to need that person anymore, and you're going to, and you'll start working on the next role, and then the next role, and then the next role. And and what what generally happens in order to get this going is you don't need a full time CMO when you have one marketer, right? CMOs generally there to build and manage a team. If you don't have the budget for that, you don't need a CMO. And if you have a marketer but it doesn't have a strategic framework that they're coming from. You're going to need someone to provide that. So in, a lot of times it makes a lot of sense to work with a consultant, strategist, you know, fractional CMO, uh, fractional head of growth, something like that to give you the strategy and the blueprint that has worked for many companies. It's a very important, critical <laughs> uh, choice to make on being the right guide, right? It, and the best way to do it is someone can point to multiple opportunities having done it before, right? Multiple times, that makes them qualified to come in and do it for you. And then you're going to give them some power of decision authority to guide what needs to happen and when. And 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 if they're doing their job right, in Kevin's opinion, they're going to also bring in necessary resources on a fractional basis to get you enough traction so you can make your first full-time hire. And then that's going to enable you to pick up, pick up steam. Okay? Uh, and then that will lead to your second, and that will lead to your third, that will lead to your fourth, and now you probably need a CMO. You know, and uh, so so that's the way I would play it. Yeah. Well, and that's we, you know, we always kind of say we like our, our best clients to outgrow us eventually. Right. right that's the goal is to help them get there. You, grow us. <laughs> you don't want to grow us at yeah. some point. We didn't do our job well. Right. So let's return to the idea of, you know, specific costs and spending. I know, you know, we're, we're more about the value of of the marketing and ideally it's returning on its investment your marketing's paying for itself um, however i'm sure there are some general pitfalls areas where b2b uh, leaders and marketers tend to overspend or underestimate costs um so you know just kind of hiccups that people might run into costs that might kind of smack them in the face that they're not ready for when they're scaling their marketing efforts do you have any uh any advice or guidance on on those fronts I do, but it's going to come from a different angle. Is that okay? Yeah. I think most of the time we're not getting caught by like not being market aware and overpaying for assets. I don't think we're in a spot where that many people are in the market that I have observed. Their issue is, is oh, well, they paid for a landing page that was... $14,000 that they could have got done for $1,400. Like I, I haven't seen a lot of situations where people are making those kinds of marketing mistakes. Um, what I have seen a lot of is people trying to throw that landing page together for $140. So with, with six hours of time, no real strategy, no example, you know, if I can go full blunt, I'm not even sure if their thought muscle was fully turned on. And they're like, we're just going to slap that up there, expect it to work, and then drive our marketing budget to it. 
But it's like, so so I don't see a whole lot of where you're you're just paying above market rate and you don't know it. I mean, if you want to know, just shop what you're doing. Shop shop what it would hire, cost to hire someone in-house. Shop what it would cost to hire an agency um, to do the job that you're doing. Get it from three reputable agencies. How do you know if they're reputable? They can show you a recent result that is is relevant to what you need to have done. You know, shop it if you're worried about overpaying for for assets and resources. But but just don't make the other mistake of trying to get the very cheapest. Mallory, you write a lot of blog posts. Is that right? I do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Now, what happens if I told you that all of your blog posts you have to write now need to be $50? <laughs> Could you write more blog posts then? I mean... I would write a bunch of really short ones. <laughs> yeah, you could write even more. You could write even more <laughs> blog posts. Like, what a deal, right? What a deal. Okay. Now, what would happen for client results? Yeah, I was going to say the quality wouldn't be where it is right now. Right. Mm. It would tank. Or tank because yeah. we don't. We don't. We, I don't consider. Um, we're not trying to do value marketing. We're trying to do delivers to rank marketing to deliver you know delivering something that deserves to rank we're, we're trying to deliver something that that should drive a substantially improved conversion versus what exists today and and that is not generally focused on being cheap it's focused on being great right uh so i think what what tends to miss miss is we don't have a compass for what is the next core asset that i should invest in making great now and how great does it have to be? And what can I do in-house to make, if I'm working with an outsourced resource where it doesn't come out vanilla because I actually put my best insights into it. We put our best expertise into it. We didn't just try to you know, hire some freelancer and expect not to be involved and to get an amazing result. Um, are clients involved in your blog posts? Yes. Which ones? Which blog posts or which clients? Yeah. The answer to both which, is all of them. All of them. <laughs> all of them. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So it's more expensive and they have to do work? I mean, that's a heck of a pitch, right? <laughs> uh, but the fact is, is that the question is, is, is it returning a result? Right. Like, so, so now it's like, okay, if we can just get a framework for how we do marketing in the right order to where we get a result, we do that enough times then marketing's own results will pay for itself. That's ultimately the goal. I want to get a little bit, uh, this this next question might get a little uncomfortable, maybe. Let's find I'll bring out. It. I haven't even seen it. I'm, I've lost track of where we are in our little outline. So let's, let's see what's up. <laughs> so let's talk about where we're, let's pretend for a moment that we are one of our potential clients or a person who may be a good fit to work with an agency or a growth team like ours. What are your top tips for how that person can work with vendors, work with agencies, uh, talk about pricing and make sure that they are able to partner with someone that can deliver them the value that they want and work within the budget that they have. Just that entire conversation, how do you recommend people go about that? Okay. 
let me see if I can track this back so I can answer it well. Basically, yeah. if I'm unhappy with the results I have and I want to get new a new level of results, how do I go about getting the right person and the right plan in place? Is that about right? Yes. Okay. Here's what I do. I wouldn't talk to one person or two people or three people, even if you really liked them. I would talk to, what is the probably ideal number? I, I would probably talk between five and eight because I'm kind of a due diligence kind of a guy. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I would be asking them, not what can you do for me? Give me a proposal or a plan. I would be asking them, even if I had to pay for it, I'd be asking for them, what phase of growth do you, are we, are we in? What mistakes have we been making? And what would you consider to be the right path with what milestones of achievement would get us to where we want to go? Like, and, and anyone qualified to guide you would be able to bring you, here's where you're at. Here's some of the mistakes that I've seen that you've made. Here's, for this goal that you stated, here's the path that I would suggest that you get on. And here are some key milestones along the way. And then what you do is you go, okay, great. Can you show me an example of having achieved these milestones for somebody before? Right? How long did it take? How much did it cost? And what is their phone number? I would like to call them. You know? Oh, okay. Weird to call them. Can you do an introduction email? Right. And let's go, let's go vet out. Okay. What's working? What didn't work? What should I be aware of? What should I be willing to contribute? You know, et cetera. That's just doing diligence, in my opinion, the proper due diligence to understand your space and what you're, what you're asking for. Um, obviously I'm not going to call the customers of all eight. <laughs> I would get that down to the, the bottom two or three. Right. Uh, and then what I would do is I would be like, great. Now, if I was to, let's say they bring you a plan to get to a milestone that you can see a win from. I think you have to ask them this question. Okay, well, what happens if it doesn't work? If I pay you full price, you get fully paid and I do all my commitments, but I am not seeing return on this investment, what happens? And you see if there's a way to de-risk it, right? The problem with a lot of marketing agencies is they get fully paid whether you get a return on your investment or not. Um, they don't, they're selling output. I gave you this many blog posts, this many social posts, this many ads, not outcome, right? Okay. And frankly, in-house employees, they're they're not on the they're not on the hook for outcome, right? They're giving you output. So so you need to understand what outcome should you expect minimally. And if you can find someone who will kind of co-pilot themselves in, ratchet themselves in, and go, we're gonna we're gonna succeed or struggle together. I tend to want to bet on that guy or gal you know, to, to give me a result. I want someone who's not just going to come in as a vendor, but to come in as a little bit of a, of a guide slash almost partner, you know? Um, and then, you know what? If you're hiring someone who's competently been able to do this before, it probably isn't cheap. You know, if you need this done really cheap, you might want to just consider bringing in a co-founder. Like, how do I get someone as a partner in the business that, that believes in the vision as much as I do, but has complementing skills. They're not good at what I'm at, good at, good at, they're good at what I suck at. So we can have a better strength here, but but now I can put this on one highly competent person, but they get paid on the backside, right? That, that might be another approach. Um, 
because I think hiring in a junior level person or even even a senior level person, but you don't have a system, you don't have a strategy, you don't have a guide, that's like a rescue hire, right? And, right. and bringing in an agency to do the same that you didn't properly vet out, I'm going to go hard. I feel like that's a form of procrastination. You're just, you're, you don't want to take it head on. So you look for a vendor to try to throw some money at the problem. Uh, you do that enough times and you, you won't have the money to do it again. Yeah. That's a great tough love there. I mean, it really is though. Ultimately. It, it's, with a, it's with a heart emoji. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to help, not trying to give you a bad day. Well, I want to talk a little bit about efficiency. And I think this is particularly with, you know, some of the AI conversations that are going on right now. I think this is, uh, I mean, it's always a, a topic on the tip of everyone's tongue. Everyone always wants better efficiency. But I think especially right now, it's a very interesting conversation that's changing a lot. Um, so what what are your tips for how kind of maybe a fledgling marketing team, if they're hiring an internal team, uh, might be able to improve productivity and gain efficiency as they scale um, so they can get more done without uh, throwing a bunch more resources? Yeah, sure. First thing, I, I believe that the founder or CEO, if the founder is no longer involved, should be involved in the business up to $1 million net new revenue per year in marketing. If they're not, if your company is not at that level, you're dry. I don't care if you're a $50 million company. <laughs> uh, this is not what we're talking about. I'm talking about your net new revenue growth from marketing. If you're if you're not at that level of having seven figures, so that's about 80,000 a month net new revenue from marketing coming in, then I believe the founder or CEO should be personally involved. Okay? Um, so that's not a change of budget. That's a change of focus. Right. Okay? Um, and then the second thing is that um, in order to make this you know, effective... I think that whoever is working in marketing has to have the person that's talking to the customers, the salesperson, they they have to be conversing about what's happening after every conversation, right? And those can just be reading notes in the CRM and having the ability to listen on, in on a call. It doesn't mean you have to stop and have a podcast after every single sales call, but you have to be able to understand what questions and objections and uh, concerns are being raised so you can address it in your marketing. Okay, um, so so that's not a, a marketing cost. You already have your salesperson. It's just a I need a feedback loop. All right. So now now what do we do? Okay. Well, how well do we articulate the problem we solve, the results we're achieving, the system we're using to get you the result and the path, the milestones of what's going to happen, and being able to demonstrate that. You can build that resource in-house, although I'm pretty sure you can get someone on Fiverr to make it pretty when you're done. And I think we're into a few hundred dollars now, maybe. Okay? And then what I think you do, now I think you go, okay, great. Do we have a clear plan that we know is repeatable, reliable, it's proven, and we know that applies to the stage of business we're, we're in right now? And, and if you don't, then I think you got to go get that. And that's going to be your first investment. And uh, I don't think that's $200. You know, I think that's someone willing to come in and take a look at where the business is at, why the business is where it's at, and be like, if this was my business, this is what the way I would approach it if I was in your shoes. Right? 
Um, that should be a plan that you could then go shop to multiple vendors if you wanted to. I, I don't like the word vendor. Potential partners if you wanted there to. There you go. <laughs> right? Find someone who's going to be, uh, who, who has been able to get a result with that kind of plan. If you don't find that, don't do it. You know? So it's a little bit of a slowdown in the beginning here. And then what happens is, is that uh, once you have that plan and you have that guide and you have uh, that, you go, do, do we have the people we need or do we need a little bit of fractional help in order to get to the first milestone? And then you, what you do is you go on an information diet. Okay, I'm going to look at nothing else. I love Warren Buffett's goal setting process. Have you ever seen his goal setting process? I have not. Okay, I'm going to ruin it for you. Sorry, sorry, Warren. Um, the, uh, here's what he does. He has you write down 25 goals, just like you could do with like 25 marketing ideas. Right. Um, and then what he does is he has you prioritize the top five goals. Okay. Like we can agree that these top five goals are most important. Right. And we're not going to pay attention to the other 20 and like, okay, I agree. Okay, cool. And you, we've ordered them top five and like, yeah, like, great. And then the first one needs to be first. Right. Cause it's like, it makes sense. And I go, yeah, and great. Now here's what you do is you, you cross out all the other goals. <laughs> you know, you get, look, those are the avoid at all costs goals. Let's just go get this one thing done. And if you pick the right thing and you do it right, most likely you will not have to do it more than twice <laughs> to get the result, <laughs> okay? And you might have to do it twice, but you won't probably won't have to do it more than twice uh, to get the result. And... uh and it really becomes around, well, what phase of growth I'm in and what is that for me? And I wish I could just give you the thing that applied to all businesses. But and if you have a small business, okay, yeah, you're probably starting at the more base level. But but one of my more recent engagements was with a $200 million company, $200 million top line revenue. But it was all from affiliated sales, all through resellers. They didn't have any of the most basic assets in place. So please don't assume if you're a 30 or $50 million company that your foundation is absolutely solid, especially if a lot of that revenue came from affiliated sales, you know, uh, resellers, word of mouth referrals, or non-marketing events. It means that your marketing machine is probably not yet built. Okay. And is that possible at a $50 million company? 100%. It's 100% possible. So. That was a long answer. I hope it was good. Yes. No, I think that was really great. It was great, uh, great context on on that kind of efficiency and making sure that you're building the right thing in the right order. Yeah. Well, so, what, what we probably do is we spend so much time hammering, hammering, hammering the wrong nail. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's the deal. Well, I think we've gotten a lot of really great advice so far, but I'm greedy. So I'm going to ask if you have any parting advice that you would give to marketing leaders looking to scale their efforts without inflating their budgets, without that return. This might be a little bit of a curveball, but I'll tell you something I do. Because, you know, most of the time you're going to want some help. Is that fair? If you're listening to this podcast, you probably are thinking about getting some help. Can I tell you a question I ask of everyone that I interview? Who are your favorite marketers and what are the best marketing books you have read this year? You could just ask that of anyone you're thinking about getting any help from. And if they can't answer that question satisfactorily, where you're like, maybe I should read that book too. 
I wouldn't work with them. Because like, there's just a lot of people that are not a student of their sport. And how's that going to go? How's that going to go? Oh, well, they struggle to name a marketer that they, that they, you know, that they're, they're following in the footsteps from that they, they at least admire that they, that they use frameworks from, they have nothing run, run away. <laughs> you know, they, they can't point out any books they've read this year that were helpful. Now, granted, this is late in the year, but this would apply from March forward. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> they, I would run, run away. They're not a student of their sport. So, and then here's the question. Are you a student of your sport? Sorry, I brought it home. We're at the end. Are you a student of your sport? Like, what do you need to be doing to think about the growth engine in your company? Because it's not called having a product and slapping marketing on it. That's not how you grow. So, so now it becomes being to where when you find that proper coach, you find that mentor, you find that guide, that they will accept you as a client. And how do you need to prepare yourself? And, and what does your organization need to be doing at the same time? So it's a little bit of a, you know, a challenge because at the end of the day, there there are answers and frameworks and examples to follow, but a lot of companies are not seeking it out. They're going, who can I hire for? Insert your number here. The number that you find comfortable, 2000 20000 9000 $15,000 per month to solve this problem for me so I don't have to invest. I think that is quite a gamble. You know, I think if you were, you were at least in, don't outsource things that you don't understand. Become competent enough to understand what you're doing and why. And, and that'll help you make better choices on who you hire and the choices are being made and you can be bought into the decisions as well as uh, become competent enough yourself that you, you know whether or not your your business has a strategic growth plan and most companies don't. Kind of a rant at the end there. It is. It's a, it's a great uh, piece of a, a kernel of advice, if you will, to, to kind of end up on. And I, you know, right. to thank you in general, Kevin, for chatting with me. And, and people looking for jobs at Lean Labs, y'all better start reading some books. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that's the deal. Okay. Uh, yes, I have to say it is always a question in your interview. I remember my interview. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. Well, I think this has been a great conversation about how B2B businesses can scale their marketing efforts without blowing their budgets or, you know, foregoing the return on their investment. I think the insights here are going to really help B2B professionals better plan for growth. Um, so thank you everyone out there for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode of Grow Team Radio. And take a moment to rate and review the show on the podcast application of your choice. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year. 